Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to a message to go from Axe Church. We hope this message will light up your day. I have... Uh... I believe a, a simple but uh, important, relevant word as well. And I'll give you first the title. Uh, and it's simply this. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor now, pick one and say, Hey, brother, sister, wife, husband, somebody, brother, son, daughter. Don't worry, be happy. Come on. Okay, how many of you, when you heard that, right, you had a song in your mind? Okay. <laughs> Do you know I actually met that guy who sang that song while in university in the US. His name is Bobby McFerrin. Like he actually came to my uni. Uh, he's known as a vocal musician. Yeah, vocal musician, I think he's called. Basically, he makes uh, sounds and in, like instrumental voices uh, and sounds with his voice. Anyway, that's, that's him. Don't worry, be happy. Okay, turn to your other neighbor now. No, in case they feel neglected, you didn't talk to them. Turn to your other neighbor now and say, don't worry, be happy. Now, I know it sounds very unspiritual, like, why? Well, don't worry, be happy. I thought you should be saying, don't worry, be holy or something like that. Um, but hey, hey, you know, happy is actually a very holy word. Happy is a very spiritual word. Happy is in the Bible. Amen. Um, in fact, in the Bible, especially in the Greek language, uh, the word happy and the word blessed is almost interchangeable. Remember the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preached about blessed is the poor in spirit for they shall see God. Blessed, blessed. The word blessed there actually can be translated to happy. So this is actually what I meant. Friends, don't worry, be blessed. Don't worry, be happy, amen? In fact, don't worry because you are already blessed. If you believe that, say amen. So let's read the scripture. And uh, this morning, I've, I know we normally read from the New King James Version. Uh, we like that, it's pretty good. Uh, but this morning, I chose the New Living Translation just because of the language. It's a little bit easier to understand. So I'm just going to use that if you don't mind. Of course, with the app now, you can choose what, pick whatever uh, translation you like. But here we go. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34 reads this. That is why I tell you, this is God speaking to each and every one of us here this morning. Amen. And through the generations. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. How many of you find that hard to do? <laughs> There's so many things to worry about. But hey, here's Jesus saying to us, I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Not just even about the future, you know, or about the past. He's saying, don't worry about your everyday life. Whether you have enough food, and drink or enough clothes to wear? Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. 
And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Hey friends, newsflash, you're more valuable than the birds. Amen. Wow, do you believe that? Okay, great. So we don't. Um, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Do you add another five minutes to your life? Do you add another hour? No. The Bible tells us, why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Verse 30, one of the key words here, key verse. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. They dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But you are believers and your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Amen? The scripture is already preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. So the last verse here. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word. Yeah? Do you tend to expect the worst? Are you a person that kind of like, you know, when you look at a situation, you're already thinking about the worst that could happen. Uh, do you panic when you get a letter and then it's, you know, you could, the bank, the bank name, uh, somebody that, oh no, you don't even want to open it because you're not sure whether it's good news. You're thinking it's probably bad news. Uh, or you're a student and you're about to go get your results. Uh, or, or you're someone who uh, is trying to woo another person, you want to propose, like, how many of you have like 101 things to worry every single day, yeah? Okay. <laughs> um, you know, the word worry comes from an old English word meaning to choke or strangle. The word worry means to choke or strangle. And that's what worry actually does. It chokes us. It strangles us. It actually chokes our productivity and even our happiness. Yeah? It is, someone said it, uh, it's a self-defeating waste of time. Worry is. Yet, we do it so often. Yet, so much of our lives is filled with worry. And that, in other words, we're being choked and strangled so many hours in the day. Yeah? And God is telling us, you don't have to go through that. If you believe that, say Amen. And there are a few more destructive emotional diseases than worry. Worry is, according to the Bible, uh, as you can see, is an emotional disease. It robs us of our physical and also emotional energy. And that's why we have no more energy left for anything else because we spent it all on worry. So, uh, and sometimes we worry so much, it actually makes us ineffective as a witness for Christ. We're not able to tell others the good news because we are so filled with bad news. We're not able to tell others. Okay, so here's a scientific fact, okay? Uh, and you need to put on uh, imagination. Not sure what you, do, do you know what a fog is? A fog, F-O-G, fog. I have some pictures if you don't, because we don't, we don't always get fogs here in this country. Uh, if you've been overseas, it's a little bit more common, but here's some pictures of fog. I want you to just imagine what it looks like. Here's a very thick fog in the middle of a forest, so it kind of like, so visibility is affected. Uh, you can't really see past uh, a certain distance, yeah? Here's one, another picture, I'll just give you a few here. This is a, I think the San Francisco Bridge or something, and the, the, there's a fog that fills 
uh, the area when you take a picture, you can't really see beyond. You know, this mountain over there, but not very clear. Your vision is not very clear. Uh, some other pictures, please. Here says fog in the context of a city. Uh, you can't even see parts of the building anymore because it's so thick and so dense. Is there another picture? Here's another one, uh, maybe more nighttime. Uh, when it gets cold and the fog, actually, you can, the fog can actually rise quite high. Those are high-rise buildings, quite high. Yeah? Is there another one? Okay, go back to the fog again. Okay, cool. I'll tell you why I show you the glass of water. Now, this is a scientific fact, okay? The National Bureau of Standards, which is in the US, um, they measured like a dense fog that covers seven city blocks. That's a few miles in, in distance. So seven city blocks and 100 feet high. So they measured that and they said, if you took all of that fog, have you seen how thick a fog can get? Take all of that fog, it's about 60 million drops of water, basically, uh, or 60 million drops of uh, vapor, okay? You can actually take the seven city blocks, 100 feet high, that fog, you put it all together, you can actually fit into a glass and, not, and still not fill the glass. That much fog fits only into a little glass. This can be compared to the things most people worry about. <laughs> we worry so much and we think, it's, like, this, ah, it's this big fog. I can't see tomorrow because it's so thick. So many things, my bills, my debts, my bank account, my business, my children. So many things to worry about. I can't see the next thing. I'm so worried. And all of that actually fits into one glass and can't even feel the glass. <laughs> Amen? So if all of our worries, in other words, were to be downsized and squeezed into, to, in, squeezed to fit into something, it won't even feel a glass. Now, I know it may be very difficult to have this perspective as you're going through your worry. <laughs> um, you know, as you are yourself engulfed in the fog of life, it's hard to imagine just a glass of water. It's hard. Right? Those worries are real. Those fears are real. It's real. It's hard. But yet, it's still the truth. And that's why it helps to have God's perspective on our worries or the things we worry about through His Word. See, that is why God has to say it. He knows we will worry. Therefore, He says, don't worry. I mean, compared to so many other things that Jesus said, right? Repent and kingdom of God is here. All this high and mighty stuff. And then one day he shows up and says, don't worry. He speaks into our daily life. You know, sometimes he speaks to, into our eternity, right? You got to have me. You got to have eternity in your heart. You got to have salvation through me and all these big, big concepts. And at the same time, he tells us, don't worry. And then he purposely, and of course, he's not saying just stay home. Don't work. Don't do nothing. Clothes will come to you. Don't worry, your food will just appear. He's not really saying that. He's just saying, right? Look, guys, I'm a God who cares about every single detail. I know you need clothes. I know you need food. I know you worry about your children. I know all of that. And I'm telling you, I know and you don't have to worry. Amen. Um, there has been enough observations over time to suggest that most things we worry about, and as I say this, you, you can just... Do a quick test in your mind and see whether it's true or not. Most things we worry about actually never happens. We worry about getting on a plane, right? And not get to our destination, right? And most times we do. Um, so a lot of our worries 
don't actually end up happening, but it fills up so much of our time and energy. And we're so tired by the end of the day. We're so tired of life sometimes. Amen? Now, it may not always be true. Some of our worries do tend to turn out and it happens. And sometimes we thank God that we, in a way, worry about it and have prepared for it. But most of it, don't. And this is like proven through evidence of statistics and research. Um, worry actually needlessly zaps our energies and serves no real purpose. Look at this um, list. An average person's anxiety is focused on 40% things that will never happen. 40% of the things we worry and are afraid of today will never happen. 30% of those things are about the past <laughs> that can be changed. Most of our minds, right? 30% of it is worrying about things that cannot be changed anyway, but we still worry. 12% uh, of things that about uh, criticism by others, things that others have said about us that we really have no control over. It worries us though, because so-and-so said something about me. And most of the things they say sometimes are untrue but it worries us still. And we are crippled, we are choked and strangled. 10% of our worries has to do with health, which gets worse with stress. You worry about your health. And because you worry so much about your health, you get even more unhealthy. Because stress leads to sickness. Only 8% of all the worries we have are about real problems that we face and that we really must do something about. Can I read a poem to you? Don't know who wrote this, but it's pretty cool. It says, There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked, he never tried, he never sang or prayed. And when one day, when he one day passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claim he never died. Safe. Don't do anything out of the norm because worry, you know. Worry I'll fail, worry I'll make a mistake, worry I'll die, worry I'll this, worry, worry, worry. So the insurance said, you never live what? So you never die. <laughs> of course, it's just a poem. Can I show you a bit more research? Uh, this one I probably have to refer to the slide. Uh, next slide, please. So the chance of dying in a commercial airplane crash is just one in 800,000. I don't, I don't know how many of us here, you know, one, in one lifetime, you'll take 800,000 flights. Because if you do, maybe one of it, you might not make it. Lah. But of course, we don't, right? But we put all our flights together. 800,000 flights. The chance of it crashing, one in 800,000. That's pretty encouraging statistics, actually. Want to look at the next step? Next slide, please. You are more likely to choke to death on a piece of food. More people, more people choke on, die this way than on an airplane. And yet, when we are eating, especially Malaysians, do we worry? Makan only, everything work. But if you really, really wanted to worry, you should worry about this. But don't, don't, don't. God is saying don't worry about food. <laughs> Amen. Next slide, please. Um, you are twice as likely to be killed playing a sport. Next slide. As you are to be stabbed to death by a stranger. <laughs> More dangerous to play sport. Of course, there's context. I mean, there's some cities where <laughs> you walk around unprotected, uh, yeah, very high, high, highly, you know, dangerous. But, you know, all things considered, sports are, is more dangerous. Next one. Um, the chance of dying of a medical complication or mistake is tiny. One in 84,000. 
Okay, sorry to say this, but, but the Clang GH, maybe the stats a bit different. <laughs> I, I, I had personal experience. Okay, I was a young boy. I had some broken, fractured bone. They had this uh, cast, cast, this, uh, what is it called, cast, right? On my hand and the nurse uh, called me back to get it opened up. They had this saw, no, this, right doctor? They had this saw to cut open the thing. So she is talking to her friend about something uh, and she's not looking at it. And I, I'm like a small boy. I don't know. Am I supposed to talk to her and tell her to stop or what? Thank God, I still got my hand. But Clang H got... Okay, anyway, sorry, sorry. Delete this part of your recording. But generally speaking, yeah, medical complication, tiny. One in 84,000. You take a far greater risk riding in a car. One in 5,000. Next one, please. <laughs> Is there any more? I think so, right? The next time you buy a lottery ticket, don't. <laughs> but if you, you when your friend does, uh, bear in mind that you are at least 13 times as likely to be struck by lightning as you are to hit the jackpot. Hey, if you kena lightning 13 times and still alive, uh, go and buy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you can survive 13 lightning strikes. Uh, maybe, you should, maybe God wants you to go and buy lottery. Uh. But, but people do it, right? And still, so all these stats is just to show us, I think sometimes our, not, not sometimes, most times our worries and fears is misplaced. We worry and fear about the wrong things. In fact, we worry unnecessarily. There are so many things we don't have to worry about, yet so many of us carry that burden every single day. Can't sleep, you go to sleep worry, you wake up worrying, and as we have seen, most of the things we worry about, we actually don't need it. Now, you put that into context again. Now you hear the words of Jesus. He says to you, don't worry. Now you know why he says that? Because he knows. He knows we will do this. He knows we will worry about everything and not actually live. So, in the sermon of Jesus, the one we read earlier in Matthew chapter 6, there are at least four things we can gather as to why we do not need to worry. Why we don't need to worry why worry, therefore, is not fruitful, it's unhelpful, right? So, in the famous Sermon on the Mount, already we read, there's four reasons, okay? Uh, and then we're going to learn how to overcome this worry. The first one, why you shouldn't worry as a human being is because worry is unreasonable. Unreasonable. Every time you worry, you're doing something unreasonable. Why is it unreasonable? Two reasons. Number one, worry exaggerates the actual problem. It's unreasonable. It's not we. It's beyond reason because worry will take the actual problem and make it bigger than it actually is. Worry amplifies problems out of proportion. Have you ever noticed someone says something about you? Okay, maybe they they mention, "Hey, nice hair." Then you're like, "You're going overdrive already." Why? Why? Some, something wrong with my hair? Uh, what, what is it? You know, hey, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Right? We can't take compliments. Hey, nice dress. Hey, why? What's wrong with it? Our mind is always, somehow we, we train to think the, of the worst. Worry exaggerates the problem. The more you think about the worry, the bigger it becomes. It is unreasonable because it's actually bigger than it actually really is. Maybe you, you do have a hair problem, but it's not as big as you think it was. <laughs> Amen? And every time you review a worry in your mind, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And worry, therefore, is unreasonable. If you really wanted to solve problems, worry is not the way. 
Second reason why worry is unreasonable. Worry doesn't work. It does not work. Listen to this, yeah? To worry about something you cannot change. I would love to grow taller. It's been my life's dream. Right, Liang? You know me. But I can't. I'm 25 now. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm 25 for a few years already. Um, I just can't grow taller anymore. Thank God I'm married. Um, to worry about my height is useless. To worry about something you cannot change is useless. And to worry about something you can change is silly. Because if you can change it, change it. Why worry about it? A lot of students do this. They worry about their studies when they should actually be studying. Tomorrow got exam lah. I haven't studied yet. I'm going to fail. Six hours they worry. You know six hours can cover how many chapters? I worry about my car lah. Need to get it fixed lah. Worry for three hours instead of actually fixing the car. Make sense? To worry about something you cannot change is useless. To worry about something you can is silly. Because if you can change it, change it. So worry doesn't work. That's why worry is unreasonable. Jesus is saying this in his sermon. Secondly, worry is actually unnatural. I know it feels natural because you do it so easily. Right? Sometimes you wake up and you worry already. Like, ah, this must be natural. No, it's actually unnatural. There are no born worriers. There are born warriors because by definition, every one of you is a winner. You get what I'm saying? Because you're the one out of 100 over million that made it. Okay, anyway, you'll get it tomorrow. Um, no baby uh, come out into this world worrying. Huh? These are my parents. Uh. What kind of house? Wow, this house got nothing. Wow. Ayah, born into the wrong family. Which baby do that? Which baby worry? Ayo, I better don't drink so much milk. Lah. My mother don't know whether enough or not. I look at Zara, right? Until Jay got no more milk, she still wants. She just, right? Zara is like... I keep hearing Jay in the middle of the night, 3 o'clock. Tara, no more ready, no more ready. Stuff a water bottle in her mouth instead, she still won. Because no worry. They don't really care. Like, you know what? I put my mouth there, it has to flow. <laughs> we are not born to worry. Yes? No baby la, worry. Like, oh, yeah, I got enough toys, not tomorrow. Ah. Tomorrow my mother going to cook what? Ah? My parents' job okay or not? I wonder whether, oh, my, my father came back look, looking so stressed. So today I don't cry. Lah. Huh? Today I don't, I don't act up. I'd be a good boy. Lah. Where God? That's not enough proof we're not born to worry. What else is? It's not natural. It's actually a learned behavior. All babies learn to worry from somewhere. Most likely their parents. <laughs> And then maybe school, maybe movies. You know, all the sickness in the world tell them that, oh, the way you respond to this is you worry. You have to stress out. You have to freak out. Ah! That's why it's important, right? Ex-kids, because there, as young, they're being taught the word of God. And someday, someone, some teacher is going to say, kids, don't worry. But my daddy worry all the time. I see, that's what now I'm preaching to you. Amen? It's not natural. In fact, because it's not natural, it's a learned behavior. Like all learned behavior, you have, to be, you have to practice to be good at it. Now you know why we're all so good at worrying. We've had a lot of practice. 
Practice makes perfect. Now we are perfect warriors. <laughs> and since worry is actually unnatural, it's therefore unhealthy. Right? When you do unnatural things to your body, don't you spoil your body? Like you're not supposed to drink petrol. <laughs> your car is supposed to, not you. If you drink petrol, it's gone now your body. Right? Same thing. You're not supposed to worry. And if you worry, you become unhealthy. Your body. That's why the Bible actually makes a connection between worry and your body. This is not some superstitious thing, yeah? It's the Bible. I will just show you one scripture, but there's plenty of scriptures in the Bible that says that if you worry, you will, you will break your spirit. And when your spirit breaks, your body actually falls sick. Proverbs 14.30 says this, okay? A peaceful heart, a heart that does not worry, leads to a healthy body. If you're falling sick all the time, it may not just be diet. It could probably well be. It could, may not just be exercise. It's slightly so. Yes, there's all these medical reasons. But check your worry. Check your stress level. A lot of the times, it's stress. A lot of doctors tell us that a, a lot of people could leave the hospital today if they knew how to get rid of guilt, resentment, bitterness, and worry. Amen? And by the way, here's the good news. Because worry is a learned behavior, it can be unlearned. If you learned it, you can unlearn it. Amen? Therefore, you just have to learn a new behavior. Learn a new behavior and you'll replace the old one. Somebody say amen. First reason why worry is not needed in our life is unreasonable. Number two, it is unnatural. Number three, worry is unhelpful. Worry cannot change the past. Right? How many of you worry so much about your past, you actually change it? No. <laughs> worry cannot control the future. All it does is mess up today. So the only thing that worry changes is you. Not your circumstance, not the situation, nothing. It only changes you. You become more miserable, unhealthy, unable to function. So, um, worrying about a problem never actually solves the problem. If... If, if it does, all students are straight A students. All business people are billionaires. Just worry me and then the problem solve. <laughs> oh, no, worry doesn't solve the problem, yeah? Therefore, worry is unhelp unhelpful. So why do it? Someone said this, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but doesn't get you anywhere. Let's say it again. Worry is like a rocking chair. <laughs> it gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. After a few hours, you're still in the same spot. That's worry. That's why you worry so much. It never gets solved because after a few days worrying about the same problem, the problem is still there. Amen? <laughs> Number four. Worry is unnecessary. It's not necessary. Why? Because God has promised to take care of you. See, this is not me promise. No, my uncle promised, your friend promised, it's God who made a promise and he's a promise-keeping God. Amen? And this God who keeps all promises, he promised you to take care of you if you will trust him with the details of your life. See, as a child, you know, if you ask your father for lunch money, uh, you never, you never read about where it would come from. That's why so many parents are frustrated. Like, oh, yo, if you only know, right? All parents want to teach your children the value of money, right? We all say, if we don't say we're mom, we think in our mind, like, Yo, if you only know how hard it is nah, to earn five ringgit or so, huh? come on, boy, please don't just ask. But the kids, 
they don't worry. It's not that they are bad. It's just their kids. They are just natural. They'll just ask. My son keeps asking me to buy this, buy that, everything buy. Ask only ma free ma. I have to tell no, daddy have no money. Why you have no money? Because I have to work. And sometimes he'll wake up and just tell mommy, mommy, you work harder, okay, so you can get more money, so I can, I can buy my thing. Ask only. <laughs> they don't worry about where it came from. In a way, God did ask us to have childlike faith. To trust him. To ask. To ask. See, when a child asks something, I guess maybe the parents here will probably understand a little bit more. The younger ones, one day you'll get there, you'll you probably face this too. Like, like you want to give it to your children, right? It's just a lot of different factors. Maybe not now, maybe not this way, but you want to. You want to bless your children. Same way God wants to bless us. But He also knows that if He blesses right now, this way, it will spoil us more than grow us. So sometimes He withholds. This is a different timing, a different way, all that. But ultimately, bottom line, God loves us. Like all parents love their children and He only wants the best for us. Amen? So yeah, if it's like a child, we ask. We don't worry where it came from. No child, Zion, Zion, no, they're not going to ask and calculate our salary for us. And like, oh, yo, today you give offering already. Uh, oh, you still have to pay for your car, house. Okay lah, today I won't ask for five candy lah, ask for one. No children do that. They just ask. And then after you ask, you have to trust. You have to trust. It's what, what we're trying to teach our children. Just trust us. Don't worry. We know what you want. No! We're all babies, you know, in, in the eyes of God. God, I want it now. I want a wife now, a husband now, children now, car now, house now, business now. Now, 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 now. And God is saying, trust me, I know. Amen? But here's the thing. Worry is unnecessary. God knows and He will take care of us. I know it's hard to, to while we're going through the, the fear, the, the worry is hard, but you need to at least know it and have it in your spirit. Amen? Because it's the truth. Worry is actually faith in the negative. You have faith, but it's misplaced. Because you believe the worst will happen. That's faith. But it's faith in the negative. Or in other words, negative faith. It is trust, but it's trust in the unpleasant. It's assurance of disaster and belief in defeat. Worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Worry is a form of fear. This is not in the Bible, but it's pretty cool. My old pastor used to say, fear is false evidence appearing real. That's fear. <laughs> false evidence appearing real. Fear is the opposite of faith or is negative faith. Amen? And we don't want this kind of faith. We want to have faith in the Almighty God. So, let's close with this. How do we break the worry habit? It is a habit. It's a learned behavior. We got it from somewhere. At some point, we learned to worry. Then we practiced at it and became very good at worrying. That is why older people, the older you are, you worry more than children. Because you got more time to practice, ma. So, you worry more, lo. So, today, let's unlearn this. Let's create a new habit. That's the, that's the most effective way of replacing habits, right? We try to break habits. There are many bad habits in our life. The most effective way to break bad habits is to form new ones. 
You used to sleep a lot. Now you just exercise a lot more. You create a new habit to break the old one. So, number one, new habit is trust God with every area of your life. This is a habit we have to create, yeah? Because we don't automatically trust God, right? <laughs> we also need to practice it. That means every time there's an opportunity presented in our life to choose, do I trust myself, my own strength, my own connections, or do I trust God? There's, there's opportunity and it's practice. And the more we practice trusting God, the more we surrender to Him, the better we become at it. Amen? Matthew 6.32 says, These things, all these worries, dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. See, people who don't believe in God don't have God. They don't know that God will take care of them. So it dominates their mind. But we are believers. It shouldn't need to be that way. Your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Amen? Faith, therefore, is the antidote to fear. Amen? Trust God with every area of your life. Um, I recently have to, I mean, I, I, I'm currently involved in some kind of project that I don't know how I got myself into it. But uh, basically, um, God put a desire on my heart to gather people, uh, to start singing more of our local worship songs. We do that a lot in X, uh, but not every church in Malaysia does it. And because of the work we do with AYA and Revolution and some of the things we're involved in in our organization, we get to meet people from different churches and see what they do. And actually, we've been exposed to a lot of different churches who write really good songs, really powerful worship songs. But the sad thing is, they can be down the road, but we won't know that they have such songs and they're so anointed. And all churches in Malaysia have been praying for a Malaysian revival, you know, that God will visit us, that God will pour His Spirit upon us. One of the ways God does that is He gives us new songs, new messages, right? Uh, but these songs are written, but not, not highlighted, not used. So I thought, hey, what can I do? Maybe gather some... It all started with, let's gather some friends. And I say, hey, you know, uh, can you send some of your songs? You know, maybe we'll get our church to do it and send you some of mine. It just started that way. And then from that, from those conversations, it became, maybe we need to record this. <laughs> we need to gather some of these songs and record this together. Because uh, it could be, let's say, Church B, their songs. And if we all recorded it, it becomes something that we all own, right? We all feel like we were a part of it, right? So that happened. Uh, I had to gather 20 different churches to come together uh, to record this together. So we recorded about, we recorded it about two weeks, eh, one, one week ago, 19 songs. Out of 19, five hours, praise God, God gave us songs to share with the nation. Wonderful. So we gathered them, right? But it, the thing is this, this project, like you need resources. Who's going to pay for the recording? Who's going to pay for all this, uh, all this work, all these hours of work? Who's going to do all this? And to me, right, I did, I'm not like, okay, I'm a planner. I'm a, I, I, my wife's know, right? I plan things, but this one I didn't plan. This one was just really, it started with like, come lah. I sing your song, you sing our song, just sing already, ma, free, wa. just sing already, right? And then I became recording, became, have to, have to find a mixing engineer, have to get studio, have to find a place to record, have to get camera, all this costs money. And really, I, I had to, I, I really wanted to give up so many times. But I really sit up with my mom, sit it with my mom, let's, let's do this. And now I, I, I felt so many times, I just wanted to call some of these friends and say, uh, let's, let's, maybe it's a good dream, maybe next year, another time. Uh, and I don't know whether my wife saw this also, but I had a lot of worry because I had already committed to some, some people, uh, sell the dream already, I haven't believed in it. But now, no resource. 
no personnel. Like, how is this going to happen? And I just felt like God said, it's, it's not your dream. It's my dream. I gave these churches songs. If I gave the songs to them, I want these songs to be sung. So I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. And so, um, from that, I started to have more conversations with people. And I know it's God when so many different ones, right? These are like top people in their field in Malaysia. Like the best mixing engineer saying, I'll do it and I'll do it for free. Not only will I do it, I will teach your sound engineers in your church how I do it so that they will know how I do it. And from then on, there's more of us because I'm not just doing it for this project. I really believe in this. I really believe that God has given Malaysia a unique gift and I want to contribute. Like, wait, who says that? This is an engineer who mixes for big names like Sidi Noliza, Faiza Tahir, Amy Search. Okay, sorry, you all, you all know these names. <laughs> big time lah. Okay, and he's saying, not only will I do it, I want to teach your guys how to do it. So I'll bring them to, no, I will come to your studio and I'll show them all my, my secrets because there are no secrets. And then one guy became two guys, three guys, five engineers, all doing it for free. I got another church, another church uh, who said, uh, oh, where you want to do the recording? Originally, it was supposed to be at our conference in June coming up. I said, oh, we just gather there because we need to lead worship. But you just record it. Lah. <laughs> I thought just think simple. Lah. Okay, just put a band on there and just record. Lah. He said, oh, okay. I'll bring all our equipment. They had just spent almost a million on the equipment. They want to bring that equipment to our church. I'm like, huh? You, you sure? He said, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Well, your conference finishing when? I said, uh, is, is it Saturday afternoon you finish? I said, no, Saturday night. Then he got worried a bit. Oh, Saturday night. Uh. I said, why, bro? Oh, because I have to set up and then set down Saturday night and set up for Sunday morning church. I said, oh yeah, how ah? Uh? Hey, never mind, don't that, bro. He said, never mind. I'll do it. I'll bring all our equipment. I'll bring my whole crew. I'm like, where, go? where to find people like that? <laughs> Cut everything. But we, so because he said that, I, I thought, we do it in your church. We record it. You have to cut everything. So when I got to their church, then I saw for myself, oh, wow. Wow, this one very, wow, they, they really spent a lot of money. And actually, if they were really to cut everything over to our church, it's a mammoth task. It's like shifting house, no? Really, it's like, it's no joke. And they were willing to do it. This kind of favor. And I just felt like the last one, two months, it's just walking in God's favor, just trusting Him. Trusting Him. I did a rough calculation. Uh. I think this project would have cost 100 over 1,000. Uh, hundreds of thousands. And uh, I think pretty much we are paying for food only. Just to feed them. And I'm, just, I'm not saying this because like, oh yeah, I got free stuff. No, I'm just, I hope you catch the story here. The story here is God wanted this to happen. And He has already spoken to different people on their hearts. Because my job was very easy. I just shared a little bit and they're like, I've had this dream for a long time. Thanks for putting it together. I just, we were just waiting for someone to put it together. And these pieces just fell into place. See, God can be doing the same thing in your life. Maybe not in this exact context. Maybe it's a business. Maybe God's already working on someone's heart. You know, maybe someone you had a, a, a riff with and you've, you've all these years didn't know how to say sorry or call the person up and meet up and patch things up. But you don't know that God's already working on his heart or her heart waiting for someone to make the move. I look at this whole project, it's quite big and I'm quite excited because in about a month's time, we'll get to see the product. It's 19 songs. I, I really believe that it's going to make an impact. 
some some of us in this room were there at the recording. You felt the anointing, right? And God was there. So I really believe that. And I believe God is working out something for you too. It's just that we've been practicing the wrong habit. We worry. We worry because we think we have to fix it. We have to make it happen. And I worried about this project because I thought I have to make it happen. Until I learned to release it to God because God will make it happen. Amen? So I'm just the guy. I'm just the guy who stepped out. Made the move. Made the move. Make the call. And just share. Were there people who turned us down? Yes. Plenty. Was it discouraging? Of course. Sometimes you face a roadblock. But don't worry. God already factored in the people who will say no. God already factored in the people who will not forgive you, no matter what you say. God already factored in all those people that, you know, no matter what you do, will not like you. <laughs> God factored it all in already and still says to you, don't worry. Trust God. One of the best habits we can learn in our lives. Trust God with every detail of our life. Amen? Because see, faith moves mountains. But fear makes a mountain out of a molehill. We want faith, not fear. Amen? Someone said this, when fear knocked at my door, I sent faith to open it and no one was there. Faith is putting our trust in God. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Amen? Including cares are not just worries. So your genuine care for your children may not just be purely worry, it's care, it's like genuine love. God says, even that, let me handle it with you. Amen? We trust God not because He is safe. We trust God because He is good. He doesn't keep things safe, but He's good. There's another saying, uh, sometimes God calms the storm. But sometimes God let the storm rage on and calms the sailor, calms you. Sometimes God allows the storm to rage on, but He calms you because He wants you to trust Him. Amen? We, trust, we can trust God because He loves us and He loves us unconditionally. Amen? Romans 8, 31 to 32 says this, What shall we say about such wonderful things as this? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? So number one, habit number one, trust God with every area of your life, every area, work, family, relationships, whatever. Number two, habit number two is pray. What? Pastor, I came to church to hear this obvious thing. Yes, so obvious, we don't do it, right? <laughs> but it is. Why worry when you can pray? Why worry when you can trust? Instead of spending that energy and time worrying, take that energy and time and pray instead. Because that's how you do the habit number one. You trust God. You tell Him how big this problem is and how difficult it is for you, how worried you are, how fearful you are of this situation and you surrender it to Him. Amen? Because uh, praying is a declaration that we are depending on God. Prayer tells us and tell God that we depend on Him. He is God and we are not. Amen? Nothing says, Lord, I trust you more than prayer. Prayer is dependency. It is faith. It is trust. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says this, don't worry about anything. Here's that verse again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. See, why worry when you can pray? 
Tell God what you need, the scripture says, and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I think it was Rick Warren who said this, if we prayed more than we worry, we will have a lot less to worry about. Amen? And the final one, before we close, is this. Live one day at a time. Live just one day at a time. The Bible says this, Matthew 6.34, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. God says, live a day at a time. Trust me today. Make sure you make the right choices today. Trust me today. I'll take care of tomorrow. He's already there. Amen? Because most of us live today worrying about tomorrow. And so we didn't live today at all because our mind is trying to be there and we didn't do anything about here. So God is saying, live one day at a time. Make every day count. Some people say, live each day as if it's your last. It's a good attitude actually because we know, know how much time we have. So make today count. And it's scriptural too. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today's trouble is enough for today. Maximize today. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes you know, right now. Hallelujah. I wonder how many of us here today want to take this opportunity to declare your trust and dependency on God. Perhaps before you came today, what you have been repeating, what you've been rehearsing is what the worry is and how difficult it may be and how worried you are. But right now, let's, let's change that habit. Let's, let's change our words, change the, the, our, our, our language. And let's start declaring not the problem, but declaring God. Why worry when we can pray? And sometimes it's not, it's, sometimes it's not the big, big worry. Sometimes it can be very small things that really robs us. So I wonder if there's anybody here today who wants to declare your dependency on God. Can I invite us all to stand even right now as we close? Shall we all stand? And in a while, we're going to get the worship team to, to lead us in a song. But before that, let me just pray for us. I'd like to pray for us. If you have something that you want to surrender to God today, could be a small thing or a big thing. Maybe it's something to do with your future. There's a big decision you need to make about the future. Could be about your business or for your family. Why don't today you surrender that to God? Maybe someone here, you're worried about your health. You've been experiencing pain in your body and you don't know what it is. You, you fear for the worst. And every single day you wake up now, it's, it's, it's really crippled you. You're afraid. <laughs> You're afraid. You're afraid you'll just drop down anytime, any moment. It has really scared you. Now, would you surrender that to God today? Would you surrender that to God today? I also sense there are people here who have made, who have made mistakes in the past that you're not proud of, that you will not ever want to repeat, but that mistake is made already. And, and now you're living in regret. Why did I do it? Why did I do it? Trying to change the past. But I believe God sent you here today to hear that you can't change the past, but you can change for the future. And God wants you to surrender that. Surrender that past. Surrender that mistake. He does not condemn you. He forgives you and He wants to make everything new. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. For more information on our church, please visit xchurch.org. We're also active on Facebook and Instagram. We're believing that this week is going to be a good week ahead for you. God bless.